everybody welcome to episode 204 of flow wrestling radio live i'm your host christian pile joined as always by my mainest man willie sailor and uh willie's a little jealous of my golf swing apparently because four seconds into the show he thinks he's mocking me but i bet he's actually jealous that i invented a golf shot Uh you did have a couple that went pretty good more than a couple. No, not, not more than a couple. You had a handful that went farther than five feet. Kyle, he's literally lying. Can you set the record straight? This is a lie. You just said I had a couple that went over five. They all went a significant distance. Uh, I guarantee your average did not go 100 yards in the air. Kyle, clarify. I bet they went. I bet it's 100 went. yards in the air? Yes. All right, first, did we even say we were golfing? We were golfing. Uh, yesterday we went golfing for Kyle. Brandt. We went top golfing. Clarify, yeah. I don't. I've never actually. <laughs> I've never real top, golfed. We went to top golf for Kyle Bradkey's birthday. He's now eighteen. Um, <laughs> now he's twenty-five. Still a young pup, but uh, Kyle loves to go to top golf. So we went to top golf. We had a blast. And Christian, we should have the video. But Christian, he for real hits off the driving tee. Like Happy Gilmore. Like, no, not like Happy Gilmore. Not like Happy Gilmore. Like Mario Lemieux. He hits it like a hockey. Like it's a called ho- the Ovechkin. Like a hockey stick. Like that is for real. That's not a gimmick. That's how he golfs. Well, I invented it last time I went to Top Golf because two times prior. Kai, can we get this up there? Oh no. Let's get it up there. This Let's is get right. the video. Look at this. Oh. Is real stuff. This is real life. Whatever. That getting, one went pretty far right. It went pretty far. <laughs> that was not my best one. This one I crushed. You won't be able to see it because of the the head speed um, that we got going on here. Then Willie tries. This is a nice touch by Willie. <laughs> First time using a camera on his phone. I cr- that one absolutely got crazy. Yeah, that went like at least 105 yards. <laughs> look at, look at him. Look at him trying to see if it went in a target. Yeah. Well, I have a problem of seeing where it goes after I hit it. But anyways, I grip it like that because last time I went to a driving range several years ago, I let go of the club and I hit a large Marines truck. <laughs> triggered ever it since. W- not not triggered, just not wanting Fearful. To- yeah, I had to pay a, quite a bit of money to fix <clears throat> that man's truck. So I was like, well, this is a more secure hold. But actually, I'm actually a better hitter with it. So You should out. practice real stuff. Just what do you mean practice with a real like with a, a real, real swing? No, you will never hit the ball farther than a hundred yards. Willie, I'm better driver than you. <laughs> that is false. You never know where yours are going. All right, enough. Moratorium on top golf talk. Moratorium, enough. There's way too much to get to for you to derail it uh, with that. Where, where shall we begin? Uh, one day after this Memorial Day weekend, Willie. I think we should start with uh, a little Joy McKinnon news. What do you think? Yeah, well, it's an interesting situation in that um, what you hear was that, you know, there was rumblings of this. For like, a while. For a long time. So right after uh, NCAAs, Joey didn't have the his best NCAAs for sure. And um, you don't know exactly... 
you know, we saw it with Lugo, too. Like, Lugo didn't have a good NCAs, and he was like, apparently, like, something's wrong here. I don't know if I want to be here. Mm-hmm. Or there's people around him telling him that. And so um, Joey didn't have his best NCAs e- either. So maybe you start asking questions why I didn't have. And maybe sometimes that goes to, well, maybe I'm not in the right atmosphere, in yeah. the right environment. So uh, Joey apparently looking around. Yeah, and, and that was one point that was made, um, you know, he thought – that's why I didn't understand McKenna to Stanford in, in the first place because while – well, I mean, obviously you understand it. It's like one of the best schools in the country. But it's like, man, this guy's got world Olympic aspirations. You're, you're not going to get the partners there. Like mm-hmm. you knew that going in, and apparently he's not like – I don't know this. I haven't spoken with Joey, but it sounds like a situation where it's not like unhappy with the coaches. He's not unhappy at Stanford. It just sounds like he wants to be in a, an environment more to, to train with elevated. with better guys, um, which is kind of like the most obvious, obvious happening that that could predict. You went to Stanford, okay? If you you could have went to Ohio State, you could have went to Penn State, you could have went to even Lehigh. Lehigh, you would have. Um, a number of partners, and now so the, those three teams in, in Iowa, maybe outside shot, um, have a chance at landing McKenna, and you know one thing that can that could really tip the scales for Ohio State if they, if they were able to add McKenna and shift some things around. I mean that lineup is, is fierce, and it could be like one of the the best like head to head team races with those two. Well, yes, I guess from Jump Street or how it got the ball kind of got rolling on Ohio State. He's really he's been close with Kyle Snyder for a long time, and uh, and Joey had expressed to Kyle that um, he might be looking around. So, of course, Kyle relays that to the team, and and uh, you know they're in the sweepstakes for for Joey as well. Um, <laughs> the the thing about Penn State, I mean. I, you know, I thought, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I'm, we've known for a couple months, maybe, that Joey might be on the move, right? Never in my wildest dreams did I think that Penn State would be a landing spot. I th- we were told, we got information that was Ohio State and Lehigh. Lehigh, obviously, with the ties to um, Coach Buxton, and he's close to, uh, from the area, being from Blair Academy. Um, but Penn State, uh, man... Well, yeah. If they if Penn State if Penn State lands McKenna, it's like okay, cancel NCAs. It's over. I mean, if they if they slot him into one forty one, then I mean, just forget it. So you have it's it's really a, a, a crazy thing because if you have if they get McKenna, it's like ball game. But if Ohio State gets McKenna, it's like game on. Right? I mean, yeah. Because they could shuffle their lineup such that, um, man. Especially if if McKenna can go, go forty nine, if McKenna can go in there and go forty nine, and Tomasello can go twenty five, we got ourselves a ball game. Yeah, I mean if they roll out Tomasello, Pletcher, Hayes, McKenna, Micah, Campbell, Bo, Miles, Colin Moore, Kyle Snyder. I was thinking about it last night too, and even if even without McKenna, even just say the lineup without McKenna. We, Think of some of the – what were the best teams to never win a title? Oh, like in any sport. Oh, in any sport. What was the best second-place team ever? Most Redskins teams. 
Redskins the Warriors yeah. last year. The Warriors. Seventy three yeah. and nine. Seventy three yeah. and nine. Yeah. Efren, what's the best Baylor team to never win a a, a, a football championship? RG threes, right? Yeah. Well, there's Efren. <laughs> hey, how about the one year New England lost? They were undefeated. Oh right? yeah, New England. So it would. Yeah. Thing of it is, um, the Giants were big underdogs. The Cavs, I'm not sure like what Vegas had, how big of an underdog they were. But like Ohio State won't be that big of an underdog. It'll just be about your actual so like there's upsets. Um and then there's like the best team to ever not win it. And I think Yeah, no, I'm not saying Yeah. I'm not saying they're the biggest underdogs ever. Right. I'm saying they're the most talented, most complete team that might not win a title. They're they could be the best runner up ever. Yeah. One of those teams Probably will be. So it sounds like a week or two yet before we'll get an idea on McKenna. Um, he's got to visit Penn State and Lehigh yet, apparently. I mean, visiting Lehigh. He, he trained there for an entire year. I'm not sure what that visit really entails, right? Well, it's still probably a pitch, right? Yeah. Like he's seen it a million times. He probably knows 95, 99%. But. You still sit down with the coach and say, "This is what we're going. You know, this is what we offer you. This is what we can do for you." And the, it was interesting because when McKenna graduated from high school, he took that year, right? Mm-hmm. And there was there were rumblings just on the outside. Sure. Is McKenna really? Is he really going to go to Stanford? Is Wait, really are, you, gonna... are you really going? He was always. It was never like he's always like, "I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going." But everyone else was like, "Well, he's training at Lehigh. He's doing this. He's doing that. He's good." It was never even like. Apparently considered, but no, there was wavering by him. Okay, a little bit, little bit. Well, like, not, not. I don't. I don't, I I don't know. But I, I don't think that's true. I shouldn't say wavering. I should say his message never wavered. At least no, is no. Well, not publicly. Um, he was still thinking about it. Okay. He was still thinking about it. Ultimately, and and that was a big thing. Getting Jamil was big for him mm-hmm. too. You know. Um, so we'll see what we'll see what happens. Yeah, and you mentioned Lugo. Um, don't know where he's going to wind up yet, uh, but it sounds like it won't be till after trials before he makes a, that decision. He's still junior eligible. Going to try to make a junior world team in a just a ridiculous junior bracket at sixty six kilograms. It really up is Lugo, Yanni, Ryan Deacon, Kanan Store, Griffin Perriot coming down. Uh, I'm forgetting some others, but yeah, the bracket's loaded. Gonna be a crazy weight. The bracket's really? loaded. I think in a lot of our weights, um, you, I'm a big cadet and junior world team junkie, but um, in a lot of our weights, I think our juniors are thin. Like we have elite guys, but there's not depth. That's a weight we have. There's a lot of depth. A lot of depth there. Yeah, not many weights. I mean, think about 55 if Dayton's not there. Who who the heck would it well, even be? Here's a here's an interesting thing to me is that I was told that Jack Mueller is going to wrestle universities, and then if he does, this, I don't know. I was told he was going to wrestle universities, and if he didn't make the didn't win it there, he would go to junior trials. But someone should university, tell Jack. Universities doesn't have a world championships this year, so I don't know why Jack would even. But anyway, the only one I can think of is Jack Mueller. Jack Mueller, you should go to juniors. Fifty-five, please. That would be awesome. Um, Universities, you go. You can do both, but you should probably. 
You could make a team. Well, so yeah, there's the the point is there's some thinner weights, um, but that that's sixty six is really deep. I think um, we have two good heavyweights. You know, it's probably going to be Gable. Gable, but um, Colin Moore at ninety six. Really, that's a pretty thin weight. That's outside, a thin weight outside of Colin, um, who didn't wrestle. Yeah, he didn't have to. He didn't wrestle in Vegas, right? right. Um, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see that that you know that's the same weekend. It's sort of a great prelude, right? It's Friday. That's Friday, mm-hmm. uh, June 9th, and then the seniors are uh, Saturday, June tenth. Hard to believe we're just two weeks away. I mean, these next two weeks are huge. I know We've got Akron this week, next week World Team Trials. Um, I know Nomads. Nomads coming back from NHSCA duels, and I want them to get here and turn out some. I want them to get some pre seeds out or projected seeds. He he's already done those. Uh, Wrestling dot org. Are they already up? No, he did them. <coughs> what he thinks they're gonna be. Yeah, they're on. They're on the site. I didn't see them. Yeah, it's his looking back and forward articles. You okay, should, you check them out. Well, I was ProWrestling.org. I spent all day yesterday beating you up in golf. Well, fake news. All right, where do you want to go next? What? Uh, so I'm a little bit out of the loop. What? What was the big stuff from NHSCA's? Um, I, I mean, Team Kong won. They had the super team. They were yeah, expected to win. You know, I, mean, I don't know what. Um, it was an interesting tweet. You know, I think like. The best brains in wrestling, I would say, like, the guys I look up to or look to. Um, I like Terap- I like uh, Adam Terapelli. Always want to hear what he has to say. Um, You're a big Wade Chalice guy. And not, I can't stand Wade Chalice. Put that on wax. Oh. Uh, Brandon Paulson, mm-hmm. I think he's a great mind. Um, love talking wrestling with Lee Roper. So, anyway, the point is... Um, but that doesn't mean, like, I can't be diametrically opposed to some things that uh, uh, Adam Terrapelli says. And, and but and Adam was like, and somebody else retweeted it and was like, yeah, I don't agree with it. Was the, the concept of these teams um, being like these all-star super, super teams, right? right? And going to NHSCA duels and going to Disney duels and and because a- Adam tweeted something like, if you're not doing it with your teammates, what's the point? It's like a free agency. It's like, um, you know, you're just buying a team. Um, well, who cares? Yeah, who cares? Uh, That's the way NHSA builds a tournament. <clears throat> like, they're, like, on their site, it says, build your team, win your title. Like, that's the way it's built. Yeah, they, they say that, but that wasn't their invention. Guys started doing that, right? Uh, I mean, it might not have been their invention, but that's how they're marketing it yeah. now. And who, yeah, who cares? It's like an all-star team. Tournament. Yeah, I mean, it's, listen, you wrestle it's with May, it's late May folk style wrestling, right? And you wrestle with your. Should you ha- do you have to wrestle with your high school team? All the, uh, twelve months out of the year, do you have to wrestle with your state team six months out of the year? Uh, have fun. Get a bunch of. I mean, it's it's really cool when you get guys from different. You know, if you're ever on an all-star team, it's cool to wrestle with new guys. It's cool to train with new guys. It's cool to roll around um, <clears throat> just for a one-off event. And uh, if you have a dual competition in which you're trying to win the tournament, why not? What the heck's wrong with it, you know? Uh, yeah. 
I it's just to me it's just like you know it's it's uh in HSA duels are just they're fun you know guys are going you watch like Klebov just going crazy these guys go in there they have like kind of a carefree attitude I I just don't think I mean I think it's pretty respectable that a team like Young Guns can go there with their legit team. Of guys that they're like trained with Jody Strip Matter and can they pluck win one or two M- nowadays? Sometimes though, when? they pluck free agents. When who? Once in a while, like for example, such as, like they have. Oh, okay. I mean, could- listen, Jody doesn't take on free agents as much as other teams by any stretch of the imagination. But I mean, they legit tweeted, uh, "Need a heavyweight." I mean, oh yeah. You know, so I mean, but, but who cares? Who cares? It's interesting. But you alluded it's not that serious. You alluded to something else though in that when you said Ooh. when you said um, seeing Julian Klebov do what he does. People get people get and people I respect again. They get shook up by kids like doing some funky stuff and like so we we put this tweet out. It was a GIF or a video, and people got upset. They were like, see, this is – why do you have to show up your opponents like that? On the flip side, what's wrong with in an exhibition-type tournament, just letting it fly, just having fun, just opening it up? Well, I guess they're, they're saying um, it's not about what that guy is doing. It's about, you know, the, the opponent getting, like, posterized, if you will. Like um. That was a relatively, that was a sort of competitive match. Yeah, I mean, Klebo smashed him. He, but he did get taken down. Yeah, like that kid knew what he was doing. That. I just don't. I, I don't. I don't get the. Um, who was it? Like last year that had like fifteen tickets. It was Dayton, right? Dayton had like th- they put up somebody put up stats of Dayton's takedowns. I, th- I think it was us. We did. That <laughs> was like I think it was Casey Stampede, and it was like Dayton oh. has outscored his opponents like a hundred, like over a hundred points in like five matches. Right, and so the and the reaction from the wrestling community was like, well, that's just showing your opponent up. Uh, you know, just why don't you just pin him? You know, that's not sportsmanship. It's like, just get over it. It's not yeah. embarrassing. It, like. <sighs> You don't step on the mat and say, "Don't hey, don't embarrass this person." Yeah, I I don't know. I think there is I think there is a line somewhere at some at some point. Maybe not with like how you beat him, but maybe what we put out there. I mean, I think um, it, it is something you need to consider. Like, wait, hold on, is this something where this is a completely helpless kid that that's getting embarrassed or? Are we on the flip side? Are we just showcasing awesome wrestling moves? Which is what I thought the Klebov exchange was—a guy going inside trip attempt, cartwheel to a super dog. It was just like really exciting. I think I thought it showcased wrestling. Like what is ex- the variety of ways you can score, the athleticism involved. I thought it just kind of typified that, and I didn't think there was a, a a victim there. And I think what so if we had put a guy going. Uh, high crotch doubling off for two, like that's yeah better. Like, but isn't pitting someone like the most humiliating thing you can do? Like, I get what they're saying, but like, where do we draw the line? Yeah, I mean, someone gets pinned. I mean, are they gonna? Are you allowed to leg cradle to the them? Or like, you get dunked on, you don't go back to basketball. You get beat as a corner in football, you don't go back. Like, is, where do we draw the line? Yeah, 
Where are we at in society? Where today? are we at in society today? Becky uh, loves to drop, drop the Gundy every now and again. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, t- to me, I, if, I felt it, like that clip. I don't think did it's no harm. Yeah, and and Julian in that instance, I don't feel like he was like supremely. I mean, maybe he smashed him, but that kid was staying with him for a while and fended off some stuff. He fended off the inside trip. He fended off. You know, I don't know. I don't think the. That wasn't been... a first-year wrestler. No. You can spot, listen, you can, the guys out there, they're yeah. like holding their arms. It's like, those are the kids. But at these tournaments, you don't see many that's of those a, guys. And there, that's another thing, too. And there was a couple tweets about it. Like, you don't go to an all-star event on an all-star team and then say, well, he shouldn't show me up like that. Well, I don't know what makes this an all-star. There's like 5,000 wrestlers. It's, I don't know. It's the best in your area. I'm, I mean, they're not JV kids. No, I don't know. But, you know, there's a lot of kids there. There's extreme variances of skill level, some being very low. All right. Well, if you if you go to and these, they're all-star teams. They're all-star teams from the area. You don't go to these events and then complain that, you you know, you're outclassed. And don't go. Yeah. Then yeah. maybe maybe you shouldn't be on that circuit. Maybe you should be I don't know, on a local circuit or something. Yeah. There's a line, but I thought that was just a really sweet exchange. I'm glad we put it up. Um, okay. Next up. Next topic. Next topic. What's our next topic? Well, we talked I somewhat alluded to one point when we were talking about why wrestlers are going why um, Jared Verclaren or Michael Beard would go to a school x for for less money i mentioned these parents and families make financial sacrifices all the time and that kind of spun off into a different conversation on twitter after the show of you know is this a do you need to have means to be elite at this sport and it's an interesting question because you look at the best guys in the country they're the guys typically Probably nine times out of ten, they're ha- to travel nationally and compete nationally on some level, multiple events where they have to travel a significant distance. So, um, yeah, I don't know how they do it, quite honestly. Right. Um, these kids are on the road so often. I don't know where the money comes from. And so, back to your point, like these parents are investing in their kids, are investing in not only on the tournaments that they go to. But the equipment and everything that goes along with it and gear and and camps. And mm-hmm. so then the question becomes, um, so then they, you know, maybe they go to a Penn State for less money because, hell, they already invested all this money. So keep putting your kid in a situation that you want him to really be in. But then somebody tweets us um, a spinoff of that is, that, do you have to, do you have to have, a bankroll. Do you have to have some cash? Do you have to have money? Do you have to come from money to be an elite wrestler? Have to is is a loaded term. I don't think you have to, but I think the evidence and looking at national rankings would would reveal that it helps. Um, and not that we're correlating a high ranking with you're wealthy, you're rich, but you have money or were given money or have some way that you are able to wrestle with the best club and travel around all over the country and compete frequently that there's there's a, a large amount of money a lot, discretionary income 
that a lot of people don't have access to that you have that you're able to travel. Um, however you get it, however that happens, whether it's just your family, whether it's, you know, you're able to fundraise, whether there's someone in your community helping you out, whatever, there is a, a financial requirement to do a lot of these things. There are, There is, for sure. But you also... You also see a lot of not wealthy kids taken care of in some regard. I don't mean taken care of, but sponsored. You know, when we were when we were kids, um, me like Jamar Billman, uh, father had a good job. You know, wasn't by any means wealthy, well rich. Brian Snyder's dad, high school teacher. Uh, both parents, good jobs, not rich, right? But we would go out in the summers and, you know, we would get, they would get sponsored for Fargo, boosters and, and local businesses and stuff. And so the money has to come from somewhere. Right. Right. So the, you can't you can't get around the fact that the money has got to come from somewhere for these kids to travel and to do the things they do. But do they have to be from <clears throat> a wealthy family, a, a a family with a lot of money. I know. No. I know. No. no, I don't. I don't think many. Um, I don't think many of the kids are truly wealthy. Wealthy in the, at least in the American sense, right? Um, but th- they're getting some help from somewhere, and the the investment that's that's going into them it it pays off, you know. And I do I do think there is something you could probably correlate. You could probably correlate. Money spent, whether you spent it, whether you raise it, you could correlate those monies with ranking in some sense in that you are giving yourself so many more opportunities to make your mark on the national landscape. If you go to Akron, Fargo, Super 32, um, where else can you go? I mean, if you get to... Iron Man and think Powerade are not really things that are involved with that, but there's so many out of season tournaments where you can flow nationals. I should probably mention that one, right? Yeah, I mean it's best to get exposure. Uh, you know, there was a side there was a sidebar question to that. There, you know, the question was here: Do you have to have bankroll to be considered elite? <clears throat> there's two no. real parts of that question, or you could read it in two different ways. Do you have to do you have to travel a lot to be considered elite or I, do you have to have money to actually be elite? Yes, I know what you mean. In actual skill level elite. Yeah. And then there's like perception elite. Yeah. Okay, so perception elite, I do think there's something there. Okay? For for these guys that are wrestling all over the place, you're they're on flow every weekend. Uh-huh. The the perception is is that they're elite. Um they're probably guys, I'm not going to I don't know who I would name if I were to, but there are guys that they're really good and they're on flow all the time. They probably in the eyes of America and maybe even coaches, mm-hmm. they're better than another guy that I don't. Well, I've watched him. He, I watched him in Jersey one time, you know? Yeah. So I think there is some of that. Now, how good can you be at wrestling skill wise elite? I don't think you have to, but I think it helps if you can pay to go to an elite club, um, then you know, I hope my high school coach can get me there because mm-hmm. not all things are – not all coaches are created equal. Not all training environments are well, created Well, that's what equal. you see. To, for, for instance, my nephew just made the uh, PA cadet team, mm-hmm. right? So, so the top three go to Fargo, 
and I don't know how they decide who makes the cadet dual team. I don't maybe top three as well. I don't know, but he won the cadet Greco and he took third in free. So, you know, it, it was six hundred and fifty dollars to go to um, on the cadet dual team, and it's eleven hundred to go both styles for Fargo. Um, oh. And there's see that's crazy. Well, so we, it's like eighteen hundred bucks right there for two tournaments. Yeah, and you know Pennsylvania still they still take a bus <clears> or buses. <throat> To Fargo, and so a lot of other places are flying. Jersey flies. Jersey flies. Jersey, I think, is. I was told. I'm not sure if this is 100 percent accurate, but I heard it was 1800. Does Hawaii uh, fly? Or are they? <laughs> the Hawaii takes a boat. <laughs> There's and some channels and a, and a train. Uh, I think. I think I read Ohio. There's a thread on Yappy. Yappy is Ohio message boards, and I think it's like 1300, 1200 mm-hmm. um, for them. So, you know, it's it's costly, but, like, I know my nephew got money from friends, family, the community, um, and I told him, whatever's <clears throat> left, whatever's left over, I'll take care of, right? Because it's a big opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's a big opportunity for him. Um, you know, I, I would say that, and I think most people would agree, that sophomore, Fargo between your sophomore and junior year might be the biggest tournament hmm. or between your junior and senior i would say it get, kind of launches you into that national discussion mm-hmm. and then you know depending on how well you do there you try to make a world team next year etc yeah so uh but it also goes back to when you're talking about you know having other people pay your way or the community chipping in or this and that it also goes back to the regular high school season where people talk about pay for play, right? Um, where does where does the average high school get the funds to go to these big tournaments, right? I know for me, um, it was it was really an attraction back in the day when Easton was going to Ironman and Reno, right? And people, you say, well. Blair gets all these guys, and Wyoming Seminary gets all these guys, and 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 the people in District Eleven, the wrestlers in District Eleven, they go to Bethlehem Catholic. Bethlehem Catholic goes to Ironman. They go to who's number one duels. They go to these big events. So, um, if you're Julian Ramirez in Florida, and and you're yeah. wrestling in um, the Cougar Invite once a year, and that's your big thing, maybe you want to go to Blair, where you go all over the country and wrestle top competition, right? Be- um, and Your average ex- school just doesn't have the funds to and handle that's an, it. That's an example, you know, kids that are able to, I mean, those schools ain't cheap. They're like, I mean, Blair's probably like another college. Basically, mm-hmm. kid going to college for eight uh, it's years It's more now. expensive than a lot of colleges. Yeah, probably so. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I think there, there is a correlation at, on some level between money and your success and perception of ranking and also – money and how good you actually are i think it helps in both cases so it's not a requirement but it sure as heck helps and i don't know is that a good thing is that a bad thing it's probably a tr- just a true thing in almost every sport right there's probably not many sports where i mean well that's the whole premise really well not the whole premise but that's a part of the premise of beat the streets right uh, not just not just giving the kids opportunities and or, or not just taking the kids off the street and giving them an outlet, but also 
giving them opportunities. You look at Miles Lee, a true, a true beat the streets kid. Mm-hmm. You know, he went to Fargo last year. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't, you know, I'm not gonna make the assumption that he didn't have the money to pay, but I'm sure they helped him out. Yeah. I mean, it, it, here's the thing: even if you do have the money to pay, um, it, it's it's nice to be helped out, right? I mean, Dayton Fix gets on a plane every freaking weekend. Yeah. It'd be nice, you know, his parents aren't super loaded, rich. They're not, you know, T. Boone's pickings. <laughs> no, no, they're not. <laughs> I can confirm. Okay. Money. It's a <clears throat> thing. It's a thing. Okay. Do you you want to go into 133? All timers? I'm I'm chomping. You I can't want, you wait. Be, you wanted to get to this since we started the show. I just want to do a show just like just this only, always, every day of my life. This is my favorite stuff. So, last Thursday, we did our favorite, our best. We picked our the, the best 125 <coughs> of the last 10 years. Um, myself and Dan Lobdell, a.k.a. the Wrestling Nomad, chose one Anthony Robles, which is how he says Robles. I took Escobedo. You took Escobedo. Mm. And then I went back and looked at brackets. Silly, silly choice. I don't think it was a silly choice. Stand I think, by it, Willie. Huh? Stand Stick by with it. it. I don't think it was a silly choice. I think it's very difficult to choose any one guy, really. Um, I went back and looked at brackets, and Escobedo did win a bracket that had two future titleists in it. Yeah. Well, Robles. Well, Robles won the one with McDonough, but then the year before, McDonough won the one with. Three other NCAA champions and himself. Mm-hmm. So that was back. and but Andrew Long and Andrew Long, <laughs> um, who was amazing. He was third then, right? He was second and then third and then third. Remember, right. runner up to McDonough. But then, 2014 is the dumbest weight. It is crazy. It had like 16 total AAs and five champions in the bracket. But here's the thing: Darren Cruz, kind of like a, he was like a borderline qualifier that year who snuck on the podium. If you remember, like he was like barely, I think he was over 500, but it was not a, He's a freshman, strong, true freshman. You, but everyone knew he was pretty good at that time. I mean, he was PA hammer, but anyways, yeah, but that's, that's, you got to stick with Darren Cruz. You got to say that's a hammer because you know, when, when you, but it's a tough out. I mean, he placed, he was good. Yeah. When, but when you can't say, well, you know, Darian wasn't Darian his true freshman year. Wasn't Darian his. This year, where he won a title, uh, you know, when you look back at that bracket, well, everybody says what's the greatest bracket of all time. Two thousand eight, one forty nine, and Jordan Burroughs wasn't the elite, right. elite Jordan Burroughs yet. So, but it's still, he was Jordan Burroughs. He's still awesome, right? Correct, correct. Um, so, but yeah, t- two thousand fourteen, one twenty five had Delgado, Megaludis, Nishan, Clark, Cruz. And a host of other hammers. Yeah. Hammers. Really good weight. Really good weight. Um, so yeah, and that was a guy that got no love, Delgado. I, w- I did not pick him. I feel okay with it. But um, how much is I it? I kind of would have liked to see it. I don't think he ever had an undefeated season. I, that, that means a lot to me. You, if you're, you should have been, if you were truly the best, now you could say he's a tougher weight. Well, but, we're, well this will play into this 133 discussion, but. When we're picking these, again, a little definition is: Are we picking the best guy at the tournament that year, or the best season? 
Well, I just think I think the season speaks to the level they are probably at, right? I think the season kind of shows you the level they were wrestling, and then it's then over. Of course, we know they had a good NCAA tournament because they won it, right? But I want to see how were you really relative to the competition? Anthony Robles was separated from the competition that year, maybe more so than any twenty-five in quite okay, a while. Okay, so was what? What was Brewer's record? He had one loss. Who did he lose to? Earl Hall, pinfall. And he had he wrestled like. 15, 17, 18 matches that year. He did not wrestle a lot. Yeah. So that was one where his season really didn't match up with. Man, there was people. People were mad that year. Right. Remember? That was the year with the really messed up seating. Well, no, that was the. What I'm saying is for like two years, Oklahoma people were like, and I don't mean just Oklahoma Sooner fans, I mean like Oklahoma people were like, man, you don't give Cody Brewer no love in the rankings, right? Like, he didn't wrestle that many matches as a senior, and then you mean junior? Uh, junior, and then the year before he was eighth. And it was up and down, so I didn't. I never got their. I never. I never got their beef. But <coughs> then, then he goes out and works everybody, kills everyone. It was one of the most more impressive tournaments of all time, right? I mean, just by bonus situation. Bonus situation. Uh, I don't think so, but just he did steamroll. He just worked everybody. Yeah, he did not have when you know Dardanes was. Pretty sure Dardanes was undefeated one seed. Pretty sure he got majored. And I'm pretty sure Dardanes took him down first, but maybe he even had two takedowns. He had, like, the first two takedowns of the match, and then Brewer went nuts and smashed yeah. It was a crazy, crazy tournament. So that was 133. Um, but 25, no one picked Delgado, but now we're going up to 33. We've got some decisions to make. I'll read them real quick for you. The last 10. Corey Clark, Nashawn Garrett, Cody Brewer, Tony Ramos, Logan Steber, Logan Steber, Jordan Oliver, Jason Ness, Franklin Gomez, Coleman Scott. <clears throat> that is a tough group to pick from. Is it? Am I just wasting my breath? Is it always going to be like super tough to pick? Yes, it's going to be hard every mm-hmm. time. It yeah. will be hard every time because one, you're comparing eras. Two, across ten years, there will be at least two like superstar elites right in in the case of this one maybe even more and you so you're comparing errors you're also comparing fields right because you you have to kind of remember who was in that each guy's bracket and how their regular season went i you have a world champion and a olympic bronze medalist (laughs) that were national champions of this weight yeah i'm gonna say and and i'm not picking either i'm picking i think the best guy i saw um, was Jordan Oliver? So that's who I'm picking. 2011. Okay, that was the <clears throat> that was a single best wrestler. That was a single best. I thought he was performance. You say you say <clears throat> this group, the the best version of anyone on here. <clears throat> Jordan Oliver. That's who I'm taking. Um, I almost. I, I would probably go Oliver too, although I think that one year Nashon was Nashon was dang good, and I thought that he should have. I don't know. I shouldn't say this, but I thought he was sort of the better guy against Delgado the year before, or that might have been two years before. Not really, though. He wasn't really. I don't know if he ever. I mean, that would have been. He would have been Tech Falden freestyle. 
That is the dumbest thing you've ever said on Flow Wrestling Radio Live. You Would say have been that. Tech you, and freestyle. you said that once an episode. Well, you find ways to outdo yourself. It was a folk style match. Do you think Jesse Delgado would be pat dive rolling under? It's a that was he wasn't dive rolling under. <clears throat> he got he dove <clears throat> he dove roll right. Yes, he I, did. I'm, I'm not talking. I'm not. What are you talking about? The first year Delgado worked Nishan. In the finals, he he do, do, he hit dive rolls. Yeah, I know. Okay. All right. So you can't say well if it was you know if it was Greco it'd have been a lot of leg fouls. I mean that's basically what you're saying. No, I'm not talking about the dive rolls. What, could, what are you talking about? Then? I'm talking about he blasted right through him, like, several times. If you want... Okay, he dive rolls under off his uh, uh, blast double. I thought he was a better guy. Okay. I thought he was a better guy. Not at folk style wrestling, which was the, con- um, which was the contest. The agreed upon uh, rule Oh, set wait, Jesse Delgado won in folk style? No shit, Sherlock. <laughs> Bracky? All right, so Willie was talking about the bonus Willie rate. managed to not make a pick in that... 10 minutes of He said Jordan Oliver, I'm pretty sure. No, he said, I would pick Jordan Oliver, but Sean Garrett was so... Okay, you know, I thought he was better than Delgado. Uh, Greco. <laughs> to, shed, ahead, to shed some light on Cody Brewer's run, four of his five wins were bonus point. It's pretty His good. only one he didn't bonus was Corey Clark. But uh, it's Jordan Oliver, because that 2011 season, 29-0, and 24 bonus point wins. 83% bonus point. That's over half. Percentage. Is the fifth highest in Oklahoma State history, which they have pretty good history. They do. They tend to. 34 right. counting. Ten of his wins were stopped by either Tech Fall or Fall in the first period. And now <laughs> that wasn't even the year where he no. s- started the season by crossface cradling everyone in the first 24 seconds of the match. Yeah, the year before, the 18 year. of his 28 wins were by pin. The year before? Yeah. No. Yes. As a freshman? Or, I'm sorry, the year after. Okay, sorry, the year after. My That's bad. what I'm saying. The yeah. year after is when he my bad. started pinning everyone in the first period. Yeah. And that was also the year at National Duels, he beat Steber soundly, mm-hmm. as I recall. Logan Steber, who won NCAAs that year. So that's a little more of a picture of like kind of where Jordan was. 6'3"-ish? It was 6'3"-ish, um, says Willie. I'll plug you back in. Can you calm down? Maybe we can hypothesize who would win. <clears throat> a, a sand wrestling put your plug your thing back in um so you go jo as well God, that was real difficult. what was real difficult plugging that in seven three he beat logan Seaver. seven three it was not a match and then i'm not a i'm not a big drumming up the whole 2012 loss but i mean come on they changed the rule after that um the the fact of the matter is though they were pretty close, obviously, regardless of, of how you feel about the final takedown call, not called. Stever and Oliver were very close at that point in the year. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing, though. I, I didn't think that Jordan particularly wrestled well in that match. with. Lo- I, thought, I thought he was too cautious. Um, <clears throat> you, but you always say that about Jordan. <laughs> Look how many shots he took. Not many. Um. You know, Gomez, Gomez won a weight. Who did Gomez beat in the finals? Reese Humphrey. And Gomez, Gomez one year beat Oliver for third. That was yeah, it was Jordan's his freshman, freshman year. year. He annihilated him. But Jordan, Jordan freshman to sophomore year, 
different yeah. cat. Sure. So his sophomore year, he had an 86% bonus percentage, which is second most in Oklahoma State history. And that's the year we're talking and, about. Yeah, pinned 60% of his opponents. He, he pinned mean, 60%? And he... An, which Do you is remember the highest that finals? He annihilated Hockstrasser. I mean, he smashed him. It and that was, was the third time he'd beat him that year. Yeah, and he beat him multiple times. I, I, I thought J.O. was just fantastic. I thought at, at his best, he's the best guy. Now, we watched, we would go on to watch him lose to Tony Ramos. Um, he lost to Logan Stever in those finals. But for, for my... So, the... the it's the best version of that guy, and you would say Oliver. I probably would too. Wow, clean sweep for Jo. Did you you took him, Kyle? Yeah, he's just so dominant. Yeah, I, I thought so too. Now, if you had a second choice, why don't we do that? I can't believe we all three took Jordan Oliver. Um, if we hadn't, the the and he got word of it. The Twitter rampage let's would not be good. Let's see how sharp your memory is. I think you can nail this. Look, just tell us. Who they beat in the finals? Coleman Scott was Joey, Joey Slayton. Slayton. Franklin Gomez was was Reese Humphrey. Jason Ness was Dan, Dan Dennis. Dennis. Oliver was Hockstrasser. Steber one was Oliver. Oliver. Steber two was Ramos. Logan <laughs> beat Jalen Ramos. <laughs> yeah, so turns out Logan C were pretty good at Ramos wrestling. beat Graf. Brewer uh-huh. beat Clark. Nashon beat um, Clark. Clark. Clark beat Gross. 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 Gross, dude. Yeah. I don't, well, Steber is the obvious second choice, right? If you're going to make a choice. I don't know. But I mean, well, like, if we were going to choose your top two. So I think the best, ver- I, the I, best version of I Oliver, I think, the best version of Oliver at 33 beats the best version of Steber at 33, yes. I think. Yes. But then we get into the conversation of Steber at 41. Well, that's that's for 141 that's for next week. That's for or 141 Thursday. day. Now, where he also took a loss. Um, and Stever lost to Chris Dardane's, I forget which year. Was that his freshman or sophomore year? I don't remember. You don't Did remember? Did he lose to him? Yeah. I know. There was one time that his senior year. His senior year. They messed up the scoring. They and messed it up probably the score. should. They pro- it that was should have been in overtime. That was Nick, I'm pretty sure. At least okay. overtime. Yeah, it should have been at least overtime. And Dardanes would have had, if he would have cut him, would have had a chance to maybe score the winning takedown. Well, at least it was at a. Was that one at Ohio that State? Was at it Ohio was State. at Ohio State. <laughs> they screwed that up. That was one of the worst. Because it was a bunch of takedowns and releases, and it was yeah. Yeah, was, Logan hit the wall. Yeah, he <clears throat> ran into it head first. Let that would see happen. if I can find that every result. so often. Now. That you, Kyle, you referenced Jordan Oliver's bonus rate. Logan Steber pinned a, a, a guy or two in his day as well. Um, was he undefeated his sophomore year, or was that the Dardanes loss? We should have should have vetted this out a little better. But um, I think picking between Logan and, and Jordan is a very tough call. But we're all going Jo. It's kind of lame. I thought you were gonna go off the just go try to be contrarian again, Willie. No, kind of disappointed. It was kind of like the Top Golf thing. I, I, it took a while. It, you know, it took you, it took me a little bit to get to the rules. We're understanding the best. The understanding it is the best version of oneself, mm-hmm. of one of the champs, right? Right. Okay. Why don't you take it away? 
you said I complained about the rules. I didn't complain about. I, I didn't complain about the rules until I understood the rules at Top Golf, which is stupid. You had. Well, are we really going? Are you? Yeah. Going back there, you right? had. You had Vinny putting. He, he hit the ball 15 feet and got more points than me, who hit the ball like as far as Tiger Woods. So he was um, 12 season. <clears throat> Logan lost twice. One of those was to Oliver. 12 13. Um, let's see. I don't see the record. Maybe he was undefeated. Did Logan lose as a sophomore, Kyle Bradke? Do you know the answers to this? I'm trying to find He already out. doesn't know. We've already determined. He doesn't know. Doesn't know the rule? Sugar. Well, you look it up while I'm talking about Top Golf. I'm still, I'm highly, I was highly upset about it. We got to stop golf. talking about Top Golf. Well, let it go. No, no, no. We're not going there. Then again. you come play no. me today. Okay, that's fine. Um, next up, do you want to discuss, um, some of the takes on Mark Perry are, are interesting to me. And if you haven't got a chance to check out, um, Bader Joe show, they had Mark Perry on, um, great discussion. And they, they, uh, talk about kind of his lack of freestyle experience. Obviously didn't even, I don't even think he wrestled a senior level match and, um, I think one thing that is interesting about wrestling is that in, in most sports, you don't correlate coaching success with your um, success within the sport, right? Uh, Phil Jackson is not a great basketball. I mean, he was in the NBA, so he was great. Greg Popovich, Mike Krzyzewski. Nick said Bill Belichick. Greg Popovich. Bill Belichick turns out not a shutdown corner. Um, you know, Andy Reid. Well, he did win a punt, pack, punt pass and kick contest once. But, you know, you don't have to be a transcendent athlete to be a – But in our sport, especially in America, Kale, John Smith, Tom Brands, um, you know, they have the best teams. They were the best competitors. So, like, we started to correlate success as a competitor with success as a coach because we've kind of seen it. But – uh, Mark Perry's thing is like that doesn't really make sense, and and anyone mm -hmm. that thinks you know I can't be a great coach is it's an outlier, right? You know, like in wrestling, most of the time we we hire a guy that's been successful in that way, right? And Mark Perry hasn't been successful in freestyle, and he's hired to uh, coach a freestyle club essentially. Um, now he certainly had guys under his wing, right? Novotkov, Mahalik, Imar, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. Very instrumental. In, in fact, you know, Mark Perry would go over to, to coach Boris overseas. I mean, so still very instrumental in Boris's, Boris's training and his career. Yeah. So. Got another Steve update. Oh. Chris Stardane's beat him his freshman year. So Undefeated as a sophomore, Logan Stever. Okay. 5-3, Chris Stardane's won. So the sophomore <coughs> year was the, the Ramos. Was he the Ramos, Ramos cradle. Beat Ramos 7-4. Right. And so now, what year did Oliver beat him? He beat him um, Beat him his freshman year. Bad at national duel. So he had two losses. Yes, yeah. to Dardanes and J.O. that year. So I don't know. And then he lost his junior year, did Logan. So Logan had right. losses his... Those were his three, his three college losses. He had more national titles than losses. Hmm. It's pretty good. 
We might have messed up there. So what's your point? You Well, it's just a silly take. Um wrestling fans. You know stop correlate you don't have to correlate success as a competitor with success as a coach. Um we see it in every other sport. And I don't think we should um I think we should be a little smarter than that, right? Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a bunch of guys. Um you don't see it too often, but I mean And why know. is it that wrestling um is not is is that way? Where our best are that we're the we're the best at the competition as well. I don't know. Let's think let's think of some that aren't. Name a good college coach that wasn't a great college wrestler. Tom Ryan. I mean, yeah. I mean he's good. Yeah. I mean, not national champion. Uh Brian Smith. Pretty mm-hmm. good. Pretty good coach. Um I don't know. How I good was, how good was the Tim Flynn? How good was a um Yeah, I don't know. There's Plenty of guys, I would imagine. Santoro is really good. Yeah. Santoro is a two-time. I always look at, like, Buxton. I think he's a really good. I, I think it's, you know, a, easy, to, easy to say. His coaching Speaks resume way outweighs his his competition resume, right? Right. So um, I, I always look at Buxton as a guy like that. Okay. All right. Well, we are going to go. We will be back. With you guys Thursday next Thursday, and then what do we we really dig in, right? We start digging in. Wait, when do you go to Worlds for grappling? Thursday afternoon. I can do the show Thursday. Okay, that was a close call. I was a little worried there. It wasn't, it wasn't a close call. Well, if you're, how close was it? If your flight was earlier in the day, I we mean, wouldn't be able to do it. But we are. So okay, so it's a close call. Glad you're gonna be here. And will you be back Tuesday, Mister Grappling? Yeah, I'll be back Tuesday. Okay. We really got to dig into uh, World Team Trials. World Team Trials. We're going to dig in Thursday before your flight. Make sure you check in. I want you to pre-check. Check into your flight so you're not distracted or worried about anything. Yeah, I'll be on top of that situation. All right, we thank you guys so much for tuning in. Top golf right now. To 204 episodes of Full Wrestling Radio Live. We will be back next Thursday, this Thursday, two days from now. And uh, we will see you then. Thanks. Thanks.